0: Welcome to the Axial Spondylarthritis Podcast, hosted by me, Jason Sacco. I'm a long-time spondy looking to bring the community closer to give the community a voice. I'll be reaching out to organizations, doctors, nutritionists, and anyone that I think can help increase our spondy quality of life. Enjoy and learn what is available to make your life better. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Axial Spondylarthritis Podcast. Hope everyone is having a wonderful, wonderful week. You know, I have to take last week off if you kind of listen to these in order. Uh, had a really, um, just, just wasn't feeling well. I'm glad to be back to talk with everybody. And I saw this kind of recurring theme coming up and I wanted to just talk real briefly about it. And that was for people adjusting to a new axial spondyloarthritis, you know, diagnosis. And I saw a post from a person that was talking about They grieved, they cried, they were mad, they were upset. All these different emotions came out. And that's absolutely fine. You know, for a lot of us, myself included, I was diagnosed 40 years ago. I was a kid. And with that, there was no thought process of how do you adjust to a diagnosis. You just did. There wasn't anybody else to talk to. You dealt with the pain. And it was really a very, very lonely challenging way to adjust to what you could and couldn't do there just was no support systems and when I read that person's post this last week it had me start to think about what the options are for people that are diagnosed now and how to build a quick um, support network of others with axial arthritis and how to you know hopefully have that time when you need to deal with stuff yourself And then the time when you need to lean on somebody that has this condition for additional support and empathy, whatever term you want to use. But I came across an article that talked about adjusting to a new diagnosis, and I wanted to go through it. It's it's very brief, and I'll have a link in the show notes. But again, as I've said, these podcasts are designed to provide you with talking points, with ideas, with places to go to do additional research and hopefully you find that beneficial. Hopefully it helps you as you push forward, whether it's a new diagnosis, whether you are dealing with axial spondyloarthritis arthritis for 30, 40, 50 years, whatever it may be. So let's look at this article. This is from the Arthritis Foundation. And again, I'll have a link to the article and talks about, you know, care for your emotional and physical health as you manage axial spondyloarthritis arthritis. For young adults, people that are just getting going, I was diagnosed at 14. You know, say 14 to, to 25 or so, you know, you're often the ones that are diagnosed with axial spondyloarthritis. arthritis. Many that are diagnosed later in life had it younger, should have been diagnosed younger, and it was put off to something else. So you might be in school, planning families, building careers, and what are you going to do? As I said, mine came on when I was 14. By 21, I'd had my first hip replacement. The economy was poor at that time when I got out of college and had my hip replacement. And my dream job had been to be a park ranger for the National Park Service here in the United States. I had to realize that that was never going to happen. Now, yes, I may have been able to pull some strings back then and try to work towards being a disabled park employee, but that really didn't cross my mind. So I had to come to grips with everything I had hoped to do was not going to happen and to push forward and to find something else. And that may be something you have to deal with, maybe something that you have encountered yourself and are not sure how to maybe get over that hump of what what's next in life for me, what else can I do? That's the hard part. And only you can answer what's next for me, but you can lean on others for support. So it goes on to talk about learning you have a chronic illness is difficult, as we all well know. But it can be even harder when you're supposed to be at your peak, said a 24-year-old nurse with AS. Even though you may be feeling overwhelmed, as this person says, no, you are not alone, and you can live a happy, fulfilling life with axial spondyloarthritis. You may be able to carry on and do the career that you always wanted to do. You may have to pivot and do something different. Either one is not wrong. Either one is not right. They're just what you need to do as you push forward with your life. So one of the first things you want to look at is to accept the change that's going to happen it can be challenging it can be hard it can be emotional but there are going to be changes that take place changes in your mental abilities changes in your physical abilities changes in the life around you and how you interact with both items and people so it may come on slower it may come on faster for you but that's just life in general you have to accept change but when you throw in axial arthritis, that change can come out at a much faster, much more challenging types. It goes on to talk about a diagnosis of axial arthritis means some things in life may have to change. If your job involves long hours sitting at a computer or building houses, you may have to make adjustments. Some sports may not be possible any longer, but others can be great for you. And the way you interact with family members may need to adjust. Although it's not easy, they go on to say, try to accept the changes and make them part of your life. You have a desk job, ask an occupational therapist to evaluate wor- your workplace if the job offers it. It's like you can tweak things so that sitting is less painful. Also, don't forget, when you sit, get up, walk around. What I used to do is I would set on my phone a little timer to go off about every 50 minutes and I would just get up, move around for 2-3 minutes, sit back down, continue on. It worked fantastic. You can also consult a physical therapist that can guide you to like right types of exercises and sports if you want to remain active. And if problems arise where that you or your family can't resolve, you know, look at seeking help of a counselor. I've done a number of episodes that are specifically targeted towards your family member. Have them listen. Have them try to understand that this is not just something you deal with because they've never heard of it and that you are just being more difficult or challenging, which you're not, and that there are many, many others of us out there that deal with this. And maybe if they hear it from somebody else, it will trigger a change in the way they view what's going on. Another thing you want to do is plan for pain. Managing pain is a big part of living with axial spinal arthritis. The chief thing you can do is to follow your treatment plan. But flares happen and you need to be prepared for them. You should have a strategy for what works for you and what doesn't work. You know, there's things like ice packs, exercise, stretching, yoga, all of that might be something that works for you, might not be something that works for you. But as you start to develop the ability to use some of that, you'll Hopefully find what works and if you're having a certain type of flare, you can jump right to that to provide you some type of relief. You know, others might rely on acupuncture, massage, or meditation as well. None of those are wrong. If they work for you, great. Another thing you want to consider is practicing emotional self-care. What does that mean really? Well, a phrase you may hear from other people with long-lasting illnesses: is, you're not your disease. And that's true. You're not AS. You have AS. AS does not have you. But this can be hard to believe when you don't recognize your own body anymore, what your body's doing, what your body's feeling. And it can be a, a dark hole that you can go down if you're not careful. But if you're the same person you always were, you just have a new challenge, whatever that challenge may be. It may be pain at times. It may be emotional issues. It may be dealing with your family. Again, All of that ties in together, and as you work on each piece of those, and they get better, your whole should get better. At least that's what I hope for you. So it's important to remember this when you're feeling overwhelmed or discouraged. Your disease does not define you. Acknowledge and accept your feelings, but try not to let them weigh you down. Ask for help when you need it. If you don't want help, it's okay to say no. And you may not be able to fully control your disease, but you can control how you think, react, and feel about it. Now, I want to take a step back to the third bullet point I mentioned, which is ask for help when you need it. If you don't want help, it's okay to say no. For me, that was one of the most challenging things. I always felt I was a man. I was supposed to help people. People didn't help me. It wasn't until maybe 10, 12 years ago, I've mentioned this, that someone walked out behind me at the grocery store. I stopped at my car. I, you know, I have handicap parking. I opened the trunk of the car to put my groceries in, and a young guy came up and said, hey, can I unload your cart for you and just put it in your cart just to save you some time and, and make it easy for you? I turned to say no and instead said, that'd be great. I'd really appreciate that. What would have taken me five minutes took him like a minute. You know, he had the stuff loaded in my cart. and I mean, he was gone. I thanked him and I stopped. I got in my car and I sat there for a few minutes. And I just thought about all the times that I had told people, no, I'm okay. Most I was, but if you have a spouse, a partner, a friend, and they don't generally ask for help, offer. If they don't take it, no problem. If they ask for it, great. You're there to be that person that can help them at that moment. Doesn't mean they're gonna need help all their life. Doesn't mean they're gonna call you constantly for help. You just were able to help them at that moment. And that's the important thing. Remember as well, if you're in a relationship, you have a spouse, partner, whatever it may be, don't try to do everything for them. You're not there to be their caregiver constantly. You know, for me, when I ask for help, it means I generally need help. Otherwise, I can do pretty much everything myself without issue. It's just I do it a lot slower. You may look at your partner and say, oh my gosh, I got to help them with everything. No, you don't. They'll ask for help when they need it. And if they don't ask for help, just let it go. Let them do them and everything will be good. And that person that has axial arthritis is not going to need 24-hour care. It's not something where, you know, you're just going to lose your existence as well. Finally, build a support network. You know, the personal relationships that you have, they can always be great for you to lean on. And you've known them pre-AS, post-AS, and your friends are your friends. And when you're feeling low, that's who you generally are going to turn to. But this may mean that when you have family and friends... Sometimes the best support comes from the people who also have axial spondyloarthritis. So your family and friends is one support network, but all of us that have AS are going to be another support network that can understand when you say, oh my gosh, my feet hurt, my ankles hurt, my ribs hurt, my back hurts, my hips hurt, whatever. We're going to understand. Might not all have had it at the same level or the same type but we're all going to understand exactly what you're going through. That's something that your family generally won't understand. They'll be empathetic to you, or hopefully they'll be empathetic to you for what you're dealing with, but they're not going to understand. So you can connect with people who really get it through many online communities, or maybe there's even a local support group where you're at. You can find one through the Arthritis Foundation's website for you know local things here in the United States, and there are some options for looking overseas through your local arthritis websites, whatever country you're in. Get in there, be active, interact with them and make sure that you get from the group what you give to the group, that you are just as helpful to them as they are helpful to you. And, you know, try to finally keep that positive outlook. It can be really hard. I know it's been challenging many, many years. It's cost me a lot through work to not have that positive outlook. And it doesn't mean you have to be dancing around saying everything's smelling roses. Just make sure to realize that when you are in a a bad flare, you're in a lot of pain. Learn not to take it out on somebody around you. It's not their fault. They didn't put that on you, and they shouldn't carry the brunt of any of your anger. With that, you try to keep that positive outlook. Try to keep negative thoughts, if you can, as, as minimal as possible. Focus on what you have good in your life, and then see if that can make a difference. We're all here for you. It's fantastic if you reach out and I hope everybody has a wonderful week as you deal with axial spinal arthritis in whatever way you need to take care and we'll talk soon.